Good evening, and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and follow the podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast on Google, Apple, Spotify, and Megaphone. Following is free and keeps you up to date on the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis. On tonight's episode, we're going to talk a bit about Winnipeg's recent foray against the Nashville Predators, which they played at home, and then some of the playoff implications that have now occurred as a result of uh, today's match and some of the other games that occurred. If you did not watch the game, brace yourself, there is some disappointment ahead. As you've probably guessed by now, the Winnipeg Jets did not beat the Nashville Predators, which is a little bit unfortunate because the Preds are just under a new coach. Winnipeg is at, you know, home after a decent road trip, um... Though I think we kind of have to qualify decent road trip, mostly with the fact that they had a 2-1-1 record. I think if you had a chance to to observe those games, you probably got a sense for the fact that the Jets weren't actually as good as their record was, uh, and kind of lucked out getting as many points as they did. Today's game against the Preds, which kicks off a three-game homestand, was a little bit frustrating for a lot of reasons. I think the first thing is that, despite the fact that both teams skated pretty quickly and did... um, a lot of laps around the rink. I don't think all that much actually happened. Like, there were definitely scoring chances created, that's that's for certain. Um, and by the end of it, Nashville had nearly 35 shots or something like that. Winnipeg wasn't far behind, almost 30 shots on goal. But, uh, you know, generally speaking, I don't think that these teams actually created a ton of offense, barring a few notable examples. It kind of felt like both teams were trying to shut down each other's top lines, which Winnipeg's top lines were definitely notably quieted. Um, and I think that Preds did a pretty good job of applying an, a, a, a stifling forecheck, but I, I just don't feel like they actually were able to penetrate the slot as much as you would hope. Um, and when you look at the expected goals battle, um, the Preds did edge the Jets by like, I don't know, two goals to one, 1.8 goals or something like that. But even then, I just don't—I don't really feel like a whole lot happened in this game. Uh, and then Nashville actually won one nothing, and this this came courtesy of an Adam Lowry mistake where he—I don't know—he was skating back towards his own net and then tried to like backhand a pass to Dmitry Kulikov. No one seemed to pick up the fact that there were two Pred skaters coming in between them. Um, and Yakov Trenin picks off the pass pretty easily and then passes it to Turris, who backhands it past. Uh, Connor Hellebuck. Hellebuck really didn't have a chance. I'd say that Winnipeg had a, a pretty rough start to the game because their first period they got outshot like 10 to 5 by minute 10 or so, um, and the Preds were definitely swarming. They were skating pretty quickly. They were generating a couple of decent chances in on net, and then I think towards the latter part of the period, Andrew Kopp probably had the best chance, which was a, a, a breakaway for Andrew Kopp, but Yusiceros ended up stopping that. And for the rest of the game, I think things just kind of settled down. Um, I don't know. The Jets The Jets did create a couple of opportunities. They had, you know, a couple of power play looks as well, but generally speaking, it just wasn't... There wasn't a whole lot going on in this game. And this is the kind of stuff that we saw with John Hines when he was with the New Jersey Devils, where they play a very stifling, boring, uh, fast-skating, fast-countering, but not actually creating a whole lot of offense out of that system. Winnipeg, as the game went on, definitely improved offensively and started to create more and, and try to create more opportunities in space. But the Preds still managed to keep the game, you know, one nothing in their favor. And I think that that owed, you know, is owed a lot to Yusiceros, and also just because Winnipeg had a, a hard time penetrating that central slot area, which is kind of a running theme for the team this year. I think Nashville did a good job keeping Winnipeg to the outside, 
Although the Jets also took those outside routes instead of going in um, towards the center ice area, and uh, that was sort of of their own volition. For some reason, the Jets just haven't really tried to attack the middle of the ice yet. I think Sami Niku and, and guys who can skate the puck well will attempt it from time to time. For the, for the most part, though, they're asked to kind of stick to the outside routes and stay along the perimeter of the offensive zone, which, I don't know, it just doesn't really feel very productive for me, and the Jets' offense, uh, especially the forward units, aren't really doing a whole lot, you know, because they don't have a whole lot of support from their defensemen. You know, most other teams have offensive defensemen who drop in and attack the central area to create a little bit more zone chaos, and yeah, it's a bit of a gamble and it's a bit of a risk, but the Jets have enough guys who can... Um, probably backtrack at least from the forwards to cover those mistakes and at this point they really can't afford to to sit back and absorb pressure if the Jets want to keep winning games they kind of have to just hope that their offense and their scoring can can mask the other issues on the defensive side of things because I mean obviously the Jets defense is pretty slow Um, they don't have that many guys who can skate the puck out of pressure and trouble and so I think that they need to be a little more creative in the offensive zone and stop waiting for things to happen if you have three guys versus five skaters playing defensively. Um, Nine times out of ten, you're just going to lose that battle. Winnipeg's shooting percentage on a couple of these opportunities is probably a little bit inflated, and I don't expect that these, you know, kinds of shots would normally go in as frequently as they have for the Jets. Even then, Winnipeg is not really outperforming its expected goals for by a massive margin. Um, Somebody said, I think Garrett Hole, um, who does a lot of analysis and scouting, kind of said that they were only outperforming their expected goals for by like one standard deviation, which is not extreme if you're the Jets. What that kind of tells us is that even though the Jets are scoring some goals, they're not scoring an absurd amount given the chances that they've created. So it's not that their offense is really covering things up. It's more like the goaltending has held its own. Um, and especially Connor Hellebuck is basically masking Winnipeg's flaws throughout the season, which he's done for weeks, and I think that that's not going to change um, going forward unless he starts to struggle more. I think all of that kind of came to bear tonight where the Jets... I, this was actually not a terrible game from them, but I just feel like the Jets had trouble creating a whole lot of decent opportunities. Again, they were actually okay. I didn't think that they were that bad. Um, but... As far as their standards are concerned, these this ge- these games are against Nashville are usually a lot more competitive and a lot more exciting. Um, I think we all know a couple years ago the Nashville Preds, uh, when they came to Winnipeg for the playoff series, it was a really wild and wooly affair. But these two teams nowadays just didn't do anything close to that. Game was really cagey, and the Jets tried these kind of nifty little backhand passes and blind opportunities that didn't really materialize into anything. And it seemed like some of the guys were kind of frustrated by the performance. Andrew Kopp, after the first period, actually uh, used a bit of profanity on the live interview to describe the fact that the team's performance was, in his eyes, unacceptable. What was interesting was that he said, we have to play a totally different style of hockey, which to me read as sort of an indictment of Paul Maurice more so than it was just this individual game. I think Kopp, among other guys, especially the young kids on the team, are probably frustrated with the fact that you know, the Jets sit deep and, and play defensive hockey, but they're not built to do that. Winnipeg kind of needs to cut loose, get a little more offensive, offensively creative, and, and play to this team's strengths, which, you know, sure, the Jets don't have as many strengths as they used to, but they still have a forward core that can put up a lot of goals and put up some real points if you actually let them do it. Kopp has certainly not been quiet about some of his frustrations with the team in the past, so it's kind of going to be interesting to see how things play out in the near future. Maurice is very much somebody who who likes the way that his team plays, for the most part, Uh, but recently somebody did ask him about some of the high-danger scoring opportunities against, and he, in so many words, said that his internal stats were saying things weren't as bad as they looked, but I, I, I got from his answers 
as close to an admission that he knows the Jets are bad as you're going to get from an NHL coach like Maurice. I think he basically said, yeah, you know, things aren't great. Uh, we're trying to fix it, but we don't really know how. And that's, that's I think, the end takeaway is that the Jets know that they're struggling and that they're bad. Uh, and they're trying their best to mitigate it, but I think they're going about it the wrong way. With today's loss to the Nashville Predators, Winnipeg now finds itself outside of the playoffs looking in. And this is not a position that the Jets are, well, they shouldn't be comfortable with it because it's not something that is expected of them at this point of their, uh, at this point in the franchise's history. Winnipeg spent years drafting, developing, following the process, blah blah blah. You all heard that same crap over and over again. And it's actually not really crap, it is a good model to build on. The Jets are keenly aware that they are a team that competes in a smaller market, with a smaller budget, and uh, a bit of a harder time attracting NHL talent, especially in the free agency market. So Winnipeg has kind of had to in-house a lot of their stuff through draft picks and development. That's all fair and good, and I think that the Jets, generally speaking, especially over the past few seasons, have done a a marvelous job of amassing guys who are going to contribute at the NHL level, whether it's Patrick Laine, Nikolai Ehlers, um, in previous drafts Mark Shifley, at one point Jacob Truba, Connor Hellebuck, um, but then you have in the margins guys like Sami Niku, you know, Vili Heinolo was just taken with a first-round pick, so I can't really say... He's in the margins, but, you know, Christian Veselainen is starting to heat up and looks pretty decent, and he's, you know, he was a first-round pick who kind of went a little bit under the radar until last season or so. But, you know, the Jets have a lot of talent waiting around. They, they've they got guys like Jansen Harkins, um, Leon Gavanki, Jonathan Kovacevic. Dylan Sandberg maybe signing here would be good. Um, the Jets have a lot of talent that's that's kind of not in the NHL system right now, but continues to kind of marinate for them in other leagues or divisions, what have you. The Jets are are doing a good job of drafting and developing talent. So when it comes to the big club, there's kind of a bit of a discrepancy because that development right now really isn't giving the Jets enough. With the departure of Truba and the whole situation with Bufflin, whatever that is, it's kind of hard to say, the Jets kind of find themselves at a very vulnerable state. We knew coming into this season that things might get a little bit rough, but I don't think anyone anticipated as much struggles as the Jets have gone through. And now that Winnipeg is is out of the second wildcard spot on account of Vancouver beating Minnesota today, I I think you kind of have to wonder what exactly is the plan for the next two to three seasons, because defensive reinforcements are on the way, but how quickly they acclimate to the NHL level is going to be hard to determine. You know, the Jets aren't exactly replacing one or two guys. They're basically going to have to overhaul their entire defensive unit from the ground up, and that starts with figuring out if Josh Morrissey is capable of carrying that top pairing. I am still personally a believer in Josh, and I think that he has a very high defensive IQ. Um, He's got great edge work when he's healthy, and I think that this season is probably more of an aberration than it is a long-term trend with him. I know that some statistical models in previous seasons, especially when he was paired with Truba, kind of painted him in something of a negative light, but I think that Josh Morrissey on his own, and with somebody who is defensively capable and competent, will be doing just fine once he's recovered and fully healthy. To my eye, he just doesn't look like he has the same step that he did in previous seasons, and his lower body just looks very slow compared to what he was before, so I don't think that his performance this year is really indicative of where his actual skill level is at. Until such time as those reinforcements arrive, though, the Jets are kind of stuck with what they've got unless they make any kind of moves at the trade deadline, and this year I don't really know that that's the best move. For better or for worse, I think the Jets just kind of have to ride with what they've got, whether that means giving Sami Niku top four time regularly or sticking with the depth defenseman that they've been using day in and day out as is. 
you all know my preference is to give Niku as much ice time as you can because he needs to acclimate to playing at this level with regularity, but whether or not the Jets actually agree with that assessment is hard to say. Either way, Winnipeg has some difficult decisions and they kind of need to make them now rather than later. I think that the Jets are, well, they're kind of teetering on a bit of a, a bit of a landslide here. Winnipeg has gotten away with goaltending and, and some timely goal scoring, but whether or not that formula is really sustainable, in my opinion, no. And I've said it before, but the Winnipeg's inability to create a whole lot of slot offense and, and their tendency to kind of sit back in games and absorb pressure to try and spring breakouts just isn't, you know, it's not sustainable. I'm having a hard time seeing how this team would sit through a seven-game playoff series, whether it's the wild card or beyond, and really manage to, to do this while other teams figure out, you know, what is making Winnipeg tick, where are their weaknesses, where are their strengths, and then neutralize the strengths and prey on the weaknesses um, and do it repeatedly, because you can do it a lot of times against the Jets. A lot of teams have repeated the same styles and, and attacks and approaches, and it's worked very well. You give Winnipeg a little bit of pace in the defensive zone, and their, their D-zone structure completely collapses, and the blue liners who don't have a whole lot of foot speed in conjunction with some passive forwards who aren't really able to do a whole lot defensively, um, it creates a lot of problems for the Jets, and they concede a lot of goals this way. Sean Reynolds from Sportsnet just was you know just quoted as saying that he kind of was talking to Winnipeg and Paul Maurice about the fact that they aren't coming back in games. You know, he says that they rely on coming back in games as part of their entire process. But if you ask me, I think this is kind of the, uh, this is a mistake. I mean, this is the central problem. If you have to come back in games repeatedly and you're relying on this style of hockey, that to me tells me that you don't really have the right approach because you're not controlling play. You're, you're relying on other factors to drive your success. That primary factor has been Connor Hellebuck in net, but you know, as good as Hellebuck has been this season, he doesn't score goals for you. He's the one who's supposed to prevent, you know, concessions of goals and keep you within the lead. If you are trying to get all of your standings points out of him, that's the wrong approach. And I think that that's how Winnipeg has played for the most part, aside from some opportunistic goal scoring that's come as a result of their shooting talent. As we wind down into these next few months, though, and these guys continue to pick up injuries and, and a lot more fatigue from being run out as much as they have... I, I just don't know what exactly Winnipeg is going to do. I mean, they don't really have a great structure, um, and their odds for playoff success are pretty slim. Now, this this did happen to the Caps, and the Caps won the Cup a couple of years ago. But here's the thing. The Caps had a massive turnaround in the quality of their play entering the playoffs. I just don't see where that's going to happen for the Jets. Um, Winnipeg is, is a more talented forward unit than that team did overall, but the defense is significantly worse and the Jets aren't going to find a, a Michael Kempney or anything like that to suddenly change this entire defensive unit structure. For better or for worse, what Winnipeg has, they're going to have to ride or die by. As the, uh, the trade deadline starts to loom, Winnipeg doesn't really have many options. I've already talked about guys that they could trade for. So, what is the pie-in-the-sky dream for this team? Because right now, Winnipeg is in kind of a weird spot. Um... Bufflin's absence is obviously the single biggest challenge to Winnipeg figuring out whatever its future is going to be. My personal take is he's never coming back. And if he does somehow play again, it's not going to be for us. It's going to be for a different team. So let's kind of pencil Bufflin out of the picture because, barring a surprise, I just don't know how that situation ever really recovers. They were talking about some kind of mediation going on, but you ask me, that's that's done and over with. Um, so that leaves, like, you know, if he if he... If he gets traded with this full cap hit, it's like seven and a half million off the books, right? Um, or six million, seven and a half, something like that. Either way, money comes off the books. Jets have more cap space to work with. 
Um, immediately, Line's contract comes to mind down the road. Um, although I think Buffalo's contract actually runs out before Line's does. Not 100% sure. Don't quote me on that. But either way, in the meantime, the Jets will have more room to, to deal with. So could they bring in somebody who can help stabilize the situation? Personally, I would like to find a, a second-line center who's on the younger side and can immediately contribute because um, unless David Gustafson is ready to take the next step with some skilled line mates, I'm not putting my eggs in that basket, and we still don't know what Brian Little's status is either. I've also kind of penciled Little out of the foreseeable future because he's been out, you know, he's been out and sidelined for weeks, maybe even like two months now almost. Honestly, he's been gone for so many games that I don't even remember when he was specifically injured, but it's it's been a long time. So the Jets are kind of at an impasse right now, and I feel like at the trade deadline, they probably shouldn't make a big move unless it's to bring in someone that they intend to extend long term. There's pretty much no one on the market that I'd really have an interest in uh, that would be in a situation for Winnipeg to acquire unless it's like maybe Jean-Gabriel Pajot. I've had debates about this, but I think that he might legitimately be a top six forward and he'd be an immediate improvement to the Jets, and he plays a style of game that I think Winnipeg would actually need. He can carry the puck and generate play, um, and you can start him in the defensive zone, and he still creates value in both ends of the ice. He's an amazing two-way center, great setup man, he's got great speed, great hands, and I think that with the results that he's getting for Ottawa, I really think that he deserves a longer look. He's always been cast as kind of like a middle six player, but I think he has second second line potential. I don't know about first line potential, but second line at least I think would be very fair and comfortable for him. I, in my opinion, he's the kind of player that the Jets need because right now, Ehlers and Line and sometimes Shifley, those are some of the guys who are driving most of the offense and, and two-way transition game for the Jets. Uh, and really, Ehlers is the only one who's like super amazing at it. So Winnipeg doesn't have a specialist um, other than that. I mean, they used to have like Andrew Kopp when he was playing in the top six, uh, which he's back kind of in the top six again. Uh, Ross Livick doesn't really do it. Wheeler doesn't really do it as much as he used to. So the Jets are kind of down a couple of guys. I mean, Lowry's, Lowry can, but he doesn't really have um, a whole lot of finesse to his game. He's more of a wrecking ball kind of guy. So I feel like the Jets need a, a two-way transition specialist who can also play on the PK and be really good at it, which is exactly what we're talking about with Pajot. He's fantastic. But aside from that, I just I don't really know that I have a particular desire to see Winnipeg use any other assets, because if it's just for a deadline move, it's not going to help. The Jets have too many other needs to be addressed before um, they can really talk about being a playoff contender. In my opinion, they're best just to kind of stand by at this trade deadline and, and sort of let things go, because... I think the only real improvement I want to see is from the young kids who should get more ice time and more chances to prove themselves. Janssen Harkins getting more time, Sami Niku getting more time. Um, if Vili Heinola and Dylan Sandberg somehow come back at a later point this year, I think Heinola would only come back for next season. Not 100% sure what the Liga season schedule is. But Sandberg, if, if he comes back after the conclusion of his season and signs for the Jets, uh, I would like to see him getting some, some ice time. Um, and at this point, I mean, Winnipeg just kind of has to ride out what they've got. I think that they can do more adjustments internally with their tactical approach that would yield better results than what they're doing now. Um, and this is stuff that they don't even need to really change the roster for. They have the pieces to kind of accomplish a bit more attacking presence than they do now. I totally get why Maurice does things the way that he does, but I think that he's thinking a bit too defensively minded, and that's not really the way that the Jets should play. I think that they need to be a bit more fearless 
and, you know, get comfortable taking risks because their risk-averse approach has gotten them to a pretty decent record. But as soon as they start tailspinning, there's going to be a lot of questions asked. And I think the Jets can kind of get ahead of that by introducing a bit more um, offensive presence. I know that that's not the process that they want to follow because it naturally will probably lead to more goals conceded and it may lead to more sloppy games. But I think when you see the amount of offensive talent that the Jets still have, I think that they need to start taking a bit more um, advantage of, of the firepower that they have and create a bit more offense. Right now they're just stagnant and I think it's it's hard to watch and it's a bit boring. And it's asking too much of Connor Hellebuck and the backup Laurent Bressois, who Bressois looks like he's struggling too. So, you know, the Jets have a lot of work to do. The trade deadline's not going to fix all their problems. I don't even think that they can fix any of their problems, really, unless they got, like, Colin Miller or something. But, again, I don't think that that's going to do much. So the Jets kind of need to sit tight, sit on their hands, and start planning for the future. Who knows what that future holds, but, you know, as far as as my perspective is concerned, I think Winnipeg just kind of needs to be patient and wait for the right opportunity. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening, and as always, go Jets go!